cartoon commentary is not intended for children. Tom, Keith, and Corey are usually wrong, and anything they say can and probably will offend you. Apologies in advance. Commence the podcast. Cartoon commentary. Okay, Dragon's Lair, Season 1, Episode 1, take... Well, we only take one take. Take one. We're recording. Take one. What's up, Internet? Welcome to Cartoon Commentary, a podcast where three knights in their 30s talk about old, new, and sometimes obscure cartoons. I'm Corey, the cunning Zamir. I'm Sir Thomas of Connell. I'm Keith. Probably the jester that doesn't know it, Barnofsky. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, makes sense. yeah. I'm you kinda... actually, you actually kind of look like uh, Sir. Uh, what's the guy's name in this? Oh, the, the rival. Blunt. Oh, blunt. Blunt. Yeah. Blunt. Yeah. Yep. You you kind of look like him. Kind of look like him. Yeah. <laughs> Hubert Blunt. You, I wrote his you, name so many times today that I, I, for some reason, I can't remember it. Uh, but yeah. today we're talking about Dragon's Lair, episode one. The Tale of the Enchanted Gift. Uh, have you guys, either of you, heard about Dragon's Lair before I offered no. this up for an episode? Uh, I did not know about the, the cartoon, but I knew about the game, and I've played the game. So, did you play the arcade game back in the day? Yes. I think the bowling alley had it when we were really, really little. Oh, that sounds vaguely familiar. I was going to say, I don't this think is, that I ever... This is not one you'd forget if you saw it. Yeah, this it was a really, really cool... I remember it being really different from all other arcade games because it was animated. Yeah. Uh, it, it, was, it was like playing a cartoon versus... You know, playing a video game, it it, it just felt different uh, back then. Yeah, it was it was very specifically just playing a a cartoon. Um, it was animated by Don Bluth and his company, and it was basically quick time events over and 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 over again. Yeah, um, to the point where they would just be grinding quarters out of you. <laughs> for the sake of memorization because if, if i remember correctly and i never actually played it at the arcade but uh in some of the research i did i i heard that it was actually a two-quarter game so every time mm. you played it you had to chuck 50 cents in there Jeez. damn i don't remember and, uh but yeah and Oof. your run could probably be, be over in less than a minute Oof. man Imagine playing that back then when quarters for, you know, I, I remember like when I was a kid, or I should say when we were a kid, 30 years ago, quarters were kind of a big deal. When now, we were a kid. Yeah, when we were, when we were a kid. We were all just one kid. <laughs> when we were one before kid. We, before we developed into individual beings. Yep, before we split. <laughs> yeah. What's that? Mm -hmm. Mitosis? Yeah. Glad I, I finally so. had my own dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was really awkward when we had to share. Yeah. I mean, 
I'm not going to go into that. (laughs) (laughs) It's because we made Keith wipe. You know, no, Uh. because it's... (laughs) Well, no, we each had our own butthole, though. That was the weirdest part, is that we all had our own butthole. You had to wipe all three. But we had to share share the same dick, and it was just a merciless beating. Ah, skeet, skeet, Uh. skeet, skeet. (laughs) Wow. Middle school was awkward. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was especially awkward because I think we went to different middle schools. Oh well, yeah, so we well, yeah, that complicates it. That was really yeah. really awkward. <laughs> okay, you get the dick today, and I get the dick after school, and then you get the dick at nighttime. Oh god, so many <laughs> sound clips to uh... use in the future. That's going to go on a t-shirt. Just just remember, yeah. no matter who has the dick, there's no fucking on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Got to obey those signs. Yep. No uh, fucking on yeah, the beach. Yeah, so the thing with Dragon's Lair, I actually only learned that it had a cartoon a couple days ago. Hmm. Uh, like, I, I just never assumed, I mean... The thing came out in 1984, two years before we were born. I'm assuming we were all born in the same year. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I was watching. I was I was binge watching a YouTube channel called Toy Galaxy, and they just go over so many different properties and like the history of them. And I, I've just been, you know, while I'm working, I'll click on another video, click on another video, and came to one on Dragon's Lair, and I was just like, oh, cool, I always liked that Don Bluth art style. Mm. And, you know, I grew up with Space Ace for the Super Nintendo, so I was familiar with it from that. Um, And at the end of the video, he gets to, like, oh, and it also had a 13-episode animated series that was put together by Ruby Spears Productions. And I was just like, wait, what? So I immediately rushed over to see if it was available to watch on YouTube because one of the issues I've been having with picking my episodes and cartoons to review, I can't find them in a place where we could all watch them right now. Mm. Uh, So I was happy to see that you can watch the entire series on YouTube. You just have to click on the right link because a lot of the links that we were looking at were like, oh, here's this thing super zoomed in or like from an awkward angle, like as if it's on a projected a projector screen or something like that. I've seen that stuff. Plus I've seen like, Oh, like here's episode one, but like we split it into like four different videos and it's like, well, that's, that's a pain. Well, I mean, YouTube used to make people jump through a lot of hoops to put up stuff that would usually get pulled down. So yeah. Copyrighted. They have, mm-hmm. they have, I, I mean, think, and... they have pretty sophisticated software that like can detect yeah. copywritten stuff. So like, it's not yeah. even like, and, and even stuff that's not copywritten, you can get in trouble for too, as I've learned. <laughs> well, there's um... only there's only so many times you can talk about sharing the same dick uh, <laughs> before YouTube goes. This video, this video has exceeded the the dick quotient. Hmm. That old dick quotient. 
No, that's a different. That's a different kind of strike, Keith. That's a... <laughs> <laughs> no, you actually YouTube actually directly takes the video and uploads it to Pornhub for you. Yeah, they're just like, well, you said dick like 150 times in the first three minutes of your video, so yeah, it's kind of weird though because it, it works the opposite way. It's supposed to go. If you upload a video to Pornhub and you don't say the word dick enough. They actually mm. automatically upload it to YouTube. So is it just like each individual, like it has to be dick or like could it be another word for it? Well, there, there, yeah, there's, there's, there's I feel many like, words. Okay. All right, yeah. just check it out. And it would explain for, for why there's so years. many, so many lesbian porn videos on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, they just don't Corey, talk about it enough. See, Corey got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Dragon's Lair <laughs> so <laughs> review of Dragon's Lair. A dick-laden review of Dragon's Because you're just really trying uh, to not get in, like into like the So what's everybody's flavor? Never mind, let's talk about Dragon's Lair. <laughs> yeah, Dragon's is Lair is an show. animated series by Ruby Spears Production based on the nineteen eighty-three video game of the same name. 13 episodes were made and aired well before we were born, which would help explain why I'd never heard of it back in the day. And I'm only like five days into knowing what it is uh, now as far as a cartoon series. Uh, Ruby Spears Productions, uh, they actually produced a few other shows of note. Thundar the Barbarian, uh, Mm. the 1983 Alvin and the Chipmunks. Okay. Hmm. Mr. T. All right. Cool. Uh, a few of these are definitely getting added to the list for like yeah. stuff we need to watch in the future because I've never heard of this next one as far as being a cartoon show. Rubric, The Amazing Cube. Hmm. Yeah, a, they made a Rubric's a, Cube is it cartoon. Like a, is it a sentient Rubik's Cube? Yeah, from what I can tell, yes. That's kind of, I mean, does he yes. just solve himself? I I don't know. That's why we're going to have to watch it eventually. I'm confused. Um, oh. sec- sectors, which I'm not very familiar with, but I've heard on a lot of toy channels. Sectors. Um, uh, the Centurions. I don't mean to interrupt. I made the mistake of Googling that rubric, and I'm going to have a nightmares of what it looks like. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. That is that is creepy as hell. It's like a, a, a cross between... It's like they were trying to uh, mishmash a baby, a blue baby, into a Rubik's Cube. It's it's really... <laughs> it's, it's horrific. Nice. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Oh, that's all right. Uh, the Centurions, which I've not watched or heard of. Police Academy, which I remember, and I actually had some yeah. toys from. Yeah. And finally, and one that I can't believe I didn't have on my list already, Mega Man. Oh, wow. wow. They made the Mega Man cartoon, so that's pretty cool. Ah, yeah. I mean, so... So I guess... Dragon's Lair was probably like the odd show out that they made. 
Well, no, there were there were some other shows that I just left off the list because oh, okay. I was just like, no one's fucking heard other, of these other like, little, kind of things. Other little turn like I just pieces. I just mentioned the ones that sounded interesting and ones that I've heard people talk about, like Sectors. I've never, I don't know what that is. I'm assuming it was some toy brand that got a cartoon because I honestly that's thought how it you had said, to work back in the day. I honestly thought you said sex stores the first time, and I was just like, well, are we going right back to the porn thing? Because this, I mean, this is a real quick circle that we just drew there. It comes in waves. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's Hey listeners, Corey here, real quick, to see if you can help us out and grow the podcast by leaving a five-star rating on iTunes. Also, if you enjoy the show, wouldn't it be great to share it with friends and family? Just a suggestion. Today's episode opens in the lovely kingdom ruled by King Ethelred. Everyone is putting their best foot forward because it is about to be Princess Daphne's birthday. Um... One thing I noticed, actually, I forgot to double-check this. Tom, do you remember, because you've actually seen and played some of the game, did they change the appearance of Princess Daphne for this uh, cartoon? I I think they toned it down or made it a little more kid-friendly, because I remember yeah, her she was a little, being more scantily clad. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 and I remember as a kid thinking, that princess is sexy as hell. Yeah. <laughs> Some people would have said maybe she was just like a a whore. <laughs> it's funny that you say that Whoa. the same way I was gonna say it. <laughs> That's we really did share the same body for all those years. Yeah, it's weird, you know. More like... proof. <laughs> it's the classy way to say it. <laughs> a whore. Wow. Yeah, because I. After I watched the episode, I went back and I was just like, well, let's see if there's a complete playthrough of the original Dragon's Lair arcade game. And it only takes like 12 minutes because it's <laughs> literally just a bunch. One thing I noticed is they basically just have you do a whole bunch of like quick time events, like in mm -hmm. certain trapped areas. And then eventually they kind of like flip it and mirror the screen. Hmm. So it's literally just reusing all the same assets. His sword is no longer on his left side. It's on his right side uh. kind of thing. <laughs> so they, like, extended the game to get more quarters out of you by just, like, flipping things around on you. I feel so like, it was kind of interesting to see. I feel like that's, and, uh, that's basically the equivalent of, like, I'm out of clean laundry, so I'm going to wear yesterday's underwear, but I'm going to flip it inside out. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, that's that's the equivalent <laughs> of what that is. <laughs> yeah well the thing yeah. is back then you really needed to make things as cheaply as possible yeah to make as much profit because nothing was it wasn't you know today's day and age where like video games were made on million dollar budget budgets and stuff like that but like back in the uh, back in the days of arcades though i remember going to arcades and waiting in a line to play a game like and people were just sinking quarters into those games like back in the day when arcades were a thing like that kind of arcade game made for that arcade hundreds of thousands of dollars on like that single game i swear like over the lifetime of the arcade well, yeah, but the the people that make the arcade uh, only make whatever they sold sold it to the uh, 
arcade owner for. Oh, that's right. true. So that's like, right. if their game is popular, it only helps them get their foot in the door of the oh, arcade. Man. It doesn't really yeah. help them make they, money. It's not like it's on commission. They, they fucked up that business model. You know what they <laughs> should do? The arcade should have been like a 50-50 split. The, well, the arcade, yes. not even. The arcade games should have been like, here's what the model costs up front, so that way I sell it and I make some profit. And there's, because obviously the machine can tell how many quarters go into it, you need to pay me 5 or 10% of all the quarters that go through that machine. And I know how many go through the machine because the machine keeps count. Done. Like... These arcade making like companies could have actually made so much more money and the the arcades themselves still would have had plenty of profit. And now they're going out of business. Yeah, so it wouldn't yeah. have worked out regardless. So. Well, at the time they would have been better off. Well, this is the thing though. Think about it. Are they are arcades going out of business because people truly lost interest in arcades or is it the fact that companies that made arcade machines stopped making bigger and better and more awesome ones because it was getting way too expensive and they weren't making enough money. Uh, I'd say it's more the availability of home and handheld consoles. And that kind well, of, that and, yeah. Well, well yeah. you also have to factor in the thing that was really big uh, with, people going to arcades back in the day was and, and we i don't think i feel like our generation kind of missed out on this a little bit uh but people that are older than us like in their you know 40s that play games they're mm. often talking about how the arcades just had like the best versions of everything but we grew up in a world where street fighter 2 on super nintendo was a thing for like the majority of our lives and that was like one of the first like near arcade perfect ports to a home console. True. So mm. for a while, it's kind of like the gap between um, arcades and home consoles were kind of like the gaps that we'd probably more commonly know as like the high end comp gaming computers versus the current consoles out there, where it's just like you're gonna get the best version on this and like this would be arcades or this would be the pc well i think that's part of the problem though is that like there were there were games that bridged the gap where they were on arcade and then they were on console like arcade games needed to keep their games solely on arcade and keep that proprietary in order to mm. keep the market share and stay in business. But they didn't because they realized the game, the companies that made the games realized they could make more money selling millions of individual copies of the software yeah. to people because they had home game systems. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's, that's why they never went the subscription or, you know, commission route with the mm. per, per quarter um, scalping because it was ultimately just more profitable to make the same game and then just sell the software to a bunch of people that had a system already. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, because if a company is making Pac-Man, they're not going to make as much com uh, as much money selling it just as an arcade game if they could port it to every console that could support it. Yeah. 
Yep. So that's totally because is, like none of these companies had any interest in like, oh, we need to keep the arcades alive. They were just looking to keep their business alive. Oh, yeah. Which right. like, like now so, that we've talked it through, it makes total sense. I just am kind of sad that arcades are not really like a thing anymore. Like there, there's some, you know, dying ones. There's there's also some newer ones. There's like Dave and Buster's, right? Like there's arcade chains that are. I don't know. I don't know if they're thriving right now, uh, but they're they're existing. So it's out there. They just don't like. I've been to a David Buster's like uh, when they opened the one in Manchester. I don't know a couple of years ago. I went and I was just not. I don't know. Not overly impressed by it, and it was super expensive, and you don't get to use quarters anymore. You have to put money on a card and then swipe the card, and everything costs points. But, like, it's like you have to understand the ratio of to how many dollars you spent to how many points you got and then how many points the game costs. Like, they purposely make it convoluted so you'll accidentally spend too much money. Yeah, you'll spend more than you really wanted to to play that game. Yeah, but, like, to me, it's just, like, if you're going to do an arcade, like, give me the fucking quarters. Like, I want the experience. Yeah. Like, I don't want I don't want to be swindled with a one-time use card that I put 20 bucks on and didn't realize the game cost $4 to play. Well, no, there's, like, dedicated, like, gigantic arcades, like uh, Fun Spot up in New Hampshire mm. that are, like, really, really good Mm-hmm. Although I would say a little bit disappointing just because it didn't have a couple of the arcades I really wanted to play. Uh, but they're, they they still exist, but they have to be like, you have to basically go up and over people's expectations yeah. at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, because a... you can't just be a hole-in-the-wall arcade anymore. Oh, exactly. You have to be like, oh, we're the third biggest arcade in the world, kind of, you know, stuff That's like that. True. You have they, to have they... a gimmick. Yeah, they grabbed up mm-hmm. all the machines of all the arcades in the surrounding states that like went out of business. That like in my in my book, I actually have a very low bar for this though. You have to have the X-Men arcade game, the Simpsons arcade game, and the Ninja Turtles arcade game. If you have those three games in your arcade, preferably side by side, because that would be fantastic, mm. I will stay mm-hmm. there all day. And well, yeah, the and unfortunate beer. thing you is that was the unfortunate thing for me with Fun Spot is they didn't have any of those. Oh, that's garbage. The whole place yeah. should be burned. They had around. they had Turtles 2. Not not um Turtles in Time. Uh, they had they had uh Captain America and the Avengers. Okay. And then they had a bunch hmm. of like old uh like arcade games that were like on the NES, like you know, Donkey Kong Jr. Yeah, like Bubble uh, Bobble. Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong 3. Stuff like that mm. that you can pretty much play in similar ways on handhelds and consoles by now. So it wasn't like that big of a deal for me. Um, like the the main games I was looking for just weren't there. Yeah. That's, and uh, that's, but, you know. That's what you need, though, is you need those, like, the staple i mean i mean some of those like you got to realize like donkey kong is is a staple for a generation above us you know yes but like for our generation if if you don't have the if you don't have turtles the right turtles if you don't (laughs) have the simpsons i'm sorry i get it like the simpsons was not really a game it was a tv show that they made an arcade game that arcade game was awesome 
That is an mm-hmm. awesome game. I loved how you could play with multiple people and do special moves like team up moves. Yeah. Um, where you, you like you and Lisa and Bart had a different team up move than like Homer and Bart. Like Homer would put one of them on their shoulder, his shoulders, and and uh, like Marge and Homer would do this thing where they'd like grab each. I think they would grab like each other's ankles and form like this circle, and they would just spin across the screen. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. I just. It was that awesome. game was cool. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. definitely not enough ways to play that game nowadays. Um, one thing I would say about the X-Men arcade and how you had it as part of that list, mm-hmm. uh, the arcade that opened up that we were supposed to go check out that everybody else bitched out on has that. Really? Which one? Uh, the one by Dylan's. Oh really? Oh the, um, no way! I forgot the name of it, so I can't Game, give him a shout game, out. But GameCraft. Yeah, I went there with my wife. Um, I have a gift card. The to that place. the unfortunate thing about that game when you actually have played it on like Xbox Live, and you don't have to keep pumping quarters into it, is you realize that it's not that good of an actual game. Because they designed it so you specifically just keep dying, so you oh, pump yeah. more quarters into it. Oh yeah, it's super because, hard. Because <laughs> because you you're playing as X Men, and you lose health every time you use your power. Oh yeah. So you're oh, wow. Like the the correct quote unquote way to play through the game would be to just punch and kick. And then if you, you know, too many enemies are on screen, you know, you do the Colossus power-up thing or, you know, whoever you're being. And let's be and honest. it takes some of your health, but you were going to lose that health anyway getting hit. Um, I mean, let's be totally the honest. problem with Col- that is... Colossus's power was the best. Oops, sorry. Shit. Tom, why are you barking at me? <laughs> Colossus's power was, like, the best power in that game. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a whole convention called Magfest that okay. people like go around like shouting like they're Colossus doing the power up move. Like people are weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the thing is, like when you're when you're trying to you know play the game through and you just keep dying because you keep using your power, it's not that great. Like I'd rather play. Uh, Turtles in Time or The Simpsons in that game. That's true. I mean, yeah. I just I just remember playing that game because it was number one that was like in the height of like X Men cartoon era, and number two it was like playing the game was very hard, required a bunch of quarters, but like I don't know the the challenge of playing the game, like I knew that using the power whichever character you were playing, I knew that that was um, taking some of your health away by using that. So I felt like that was like a, there was a a clear strategy of the game of like, oh, this is like, this is a special thing you only use for like bosses or if the screen gets like overloaded with guys and that's when you use that. Otherwise you got to like rely on your pure button mashing skills, you know? I don't Mm. know. To me, it was still, it was a very fun game. I could see, and I get your point, like as an adult going back to it and just being like, 
I spent five bucks to get how far, but like as a kid that didn't understand what money was and my parents just gave me some and said, go have yeah. fun. Like that game was fantastic. Cause I was like, what are quarters? I'm going to keep putting them in. And when I run out, I'm going to go back to them and be like, please give me more. <laughs> <laughs> so that was quite a tangent. Yeah. So yeah. So anyway, back in the episode, Sir Hubert Blunt, uh, Dirk the Daring's rival boasts about how amazing his present for the princess shall be, which she, of, of course, overhears. And Dirk and his squire, Timothy, tell her they'll gonna be, they're going to be going on a quest for the best gift ever. And Daphne, kind of uh, ahead of her time, for, like, damsels in distress. She actually wants mm. to go on the quest with them, uh, but they shoot her down, because what would it be a princess going on a quest for her own gift? Which yeah. which is, like, a valid response, but at the same time, like, he really shot her down because, like, he had no idea where he was going to go. It's not like they have a Zales down the street. You know, yeah. like, he, he was just like, oh, I'm going to go on a quest. And then he was just like, shit, I got to figure out where there's treasure. You know, yeah, he legitimately uh, had no clue. Yeah. Yeah. Corey pointed out, it, it did feel pretty progressive watching this a, a cartoon from the mid 80s where, you know, the, the princess says she wants to go on an adventure and she's you know she can do it and i was like oh wow i i thought this was going in a different direction i thought it was going to be kind of empowering for her and then yeah as soon as she shot down i'm just like oh yeah that's right it's it's an 80s cartoon that was that was the only (laughs) glimpse of hope that you had of that it was well no there's a there's a glimmer later in the episode which we'll get to. Yeah, that's okay. true. Yeah, yeah, she does. And in fact, that little glimmer, that made me happy. I'm like, okay, yeah, she, she, she's getting her chance, okay. But yeah, I, yeah. I did feel pretty bad for her when they're just like, no, no, you can't go. No, 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 no. <laughs> so this entire interaction that they're having is being overseen by Singe the Dragon and main antagonist of the series who is spying on them via magic. Because, you know, he's a dragon. He's chilling yeah. in his dragon horde. Uh, very much reminiscent of... Uh, oh, wow. I can't remember the dragon's name. Smog. 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 Smog, yeah. Like, it's just like... Not not quite like Smog's horde. But, you know, this one's still impressive. No, he's like Smog, uh, but like quirkier. Just the Yeah, way he's he, like... The way he talks He like has the... Uh, it reminded me of uh, Mother Brain from yeah. Captain N. He's, yeah. He gets it's like, like the little, male version of Mother Brain. He gets like a little squeaky when he's talking about stuff. And it's, I don't know, the inflection's off. I I feel like the voice actor was trying to take some liberties there to just make him seem villainous. And it turned into like, maybe that dragon had a stroke at some point. <laughs> like, mm. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it was actually voice acted by Arthur Berghart. Uh, did he do anything? Oh my god! This is what? only relevant to me. But he was the voice of Devastator in Transformers. Hmm. I don't... Oh, god, I, I, I swear to god. 
Well, let's watch. If we ever do this podcast in person, I'm going to end up hitting some of you guys. <laughs> no, you won't. Because like, how did this, you. We, we share the po- same goddamn body. How was I the only one watching Transformers when they should have been watching Transformers? If, if... Keith was busy wiping and I was busy playing with our dick. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Checks out. Uh, did you guys watch G.I. <laughs> Joe? He played Destro in G.I. Joe. No? I, Again. Uh, I watched some G.I. Joe. It's just I, my memory, man. It's The, the Chrome Dome had I watched. I, 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 I watched G.I. Joe a little bit, but I just, I, I couldn't really, I, I didn't watch it all the time. It was just once in a while, so I, did, I didn't remember the, uh, the voices. Yeah. Except Cobra Commander, of course. Because, you know, how do you not know that voice? I don't. No. What? Oh, God. I'm, I'm like, constantly purging memories from my past. My brain is full. I'm so so goddamn smart that I have to purge all my personal memories to contain the knowledge in my my smooth, smooth brain. (laughs) Your koala brain. (laughs) I don't know, man. That's my excuse. I'm sticking to it. Yeah. So, yeah, so let's go. <laughs> so Singe uh, sends his goons to set up a trap, well, a trapped quest for the golden falcon that he has in his horde. Um, in the next scene, the goons, I don't think they're named. They are. I, I know in general, in do... general, they're called the... Uh, the Giddy Goons, but I don't know if these two in particular are named. Oh, they yeah, look yeah, a little yeah. Bit different. Yeah, I was thinking of Guinea Goons. I wasn't there. They don't have individual names. But which what is did funny, you just though, say? Yeah, Guinea Goons. Giddy. Giddy. Oh. Oh, like, I thought oh. they said. Like I, happy. Honestly, I thought they no, said not, Guinea. Not like. I thought it was like racist. Keith. Keith. I thought it was racist. I was going to point no. that out. Oh, I thought you were being no, racist. Are, no. Like, Jesus, Keith. actual. These are actual twice. villains from the game. God damn. Well, it was one of those things where I was just like, you know, Super Mario had Goombas. And I was like, Jesus, that was not great. So I thought this was like hold an on, 80s hold thing. On. Where... So before Mario existed, there were Italians calling each other Goomba. I don't know. I don't know the timeline. And it was but I, know that... I feel like that's something that happened because of Mario Brothers. Yeah, but why would they be like, oh, wow, they call these things Goombas in Mario, and Italians look like those things? Like, they look like little <laughs> mushroom people? Like Little, little dickheads? Yeah. Well, <laughs> Great. There goes all our Italian <laughs> listeners. Let's just please preserve uh. the Irish ones, because me and Tom will be sorely disappointed <laughs> if we lose all of our Irish listeners. I don't know why they trust us. Well... He, he, I, I they, mean, they slipped the note to the squire, and the squire's just like, I gotta show Tim. this to Dirk. Yeah. The and squire's then, name is like, Tim. You're right. He has a name. He has a name. Yeah, it's uh, Tim. He, <laughs> he like, the, the further they get into this quest, the more he starts, like, questioning, like, who gave me this? Why did I get this? But, well, like, they never, like, raise enough concern to, uh... But he actually do, do anything about he it. He does it in a way where he's just like, like, 
he's like, man, I really wish I knew who gave me that note. Like, yeah. it's not like a, he's not questioning like that. It could be for nefarious reasons. He's just like, he's more so questioning it. Just like, I sh- I should thank that. I should send this person a, a handwritten thank you note. Like, <laughs> that's what it kind of sounds like. I don't know. That was my interpretation. It was like, I wish I knew who gave me that so I can, you know. Thank them properly. Thank them for this giant, <laughs> solid gold bird that was probably worth more than their entire family's life. Mm-hmm. All right. So at the cavern, which they set out for immediately... Uh, Dirk defeats some giddy, 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 giddy goons uh, (laughs) by tricking them into running into the door, which I thought was a little whatever. I mean, you're you're wielding a sword. Like, are we we really, you you can't just fight them with the sword, but I guess maybe with, uh, like, what would it be like cartoon regulations back then for violence? Like uh, maybe you couldn't have too much sword fighting in your well, cartoon. Even like Dirk in part of the episode when he's he's uh fighting the giddy goons <laughs> with his sword, um, he hits them and they just like poof into like yeah, they smoke. Just poof, like yeah. there's no like carnage, you know. I mean yeah, he, he should yeah. run them through. He, he should be lopping off limbs and you know well, that, that's what was so confusing. Like, when they first uh, interact with each other, uh, where they see see each other, was it uh, they, they slam the door open or something and knock the the two uh, Italian goons down? And they're, like, <laughs> unconscious, laying on the floor. And, yeah. like, they just walk by them. And I was wondering, I'm like, you literally have a sword. You have your instrument of death strapped to your hip. You're a knight kill these guys no, they're bad guys i figured it out i have solved this mystery it's all in his head because i mean how else would the bad guys just like poof disappear when you hit them and then you don't really have we're to not hit even them. there yet keith <laughs> okay <laughs> let's continue yeah, spoilers keith <laughs> Yeah, Dirk goes on ahead to fall into a classic uh, Dragon's Lair quick time event situation Mm -hmm. uh, on a falling platform that slows ever so slightly when a ledge is coming up, which if you watched or played the original game, that's kind of something that happens a lot in the the game. Gives you just enough Um, time to make your decision. Yeah. Uh, he comes into a treasure room filled with valuables and the Golden Falcon, just as Singe planned. Uh, he definitely leaves everything else behind. That was definitely a decent amount of gold. Like, that was like... Oh, yeah. I noticed that right away. The D&D party is going to be well-equipped after that adventure. Well, I mean, the, the quest was just for the gift for the princess. I mean... You know, he was, he was very one-track mind. Like, I need one thing. That's all I need. I yeah. Well, this is true. It true. was foolish because if I was him, I'd be like, "Okay, while I'm down here, I might as well pick up her Christmas present too." Oh, that'd be <laughs> so smart. Yeah. Yeah, it's planning for the future there. I mean, he could have yeah. technically pr- picked up like the next ten years worth of presents, and then well, of course, and then just and been like, retirement plan." Yeah, like I am done <laughs> questing. Guess what? Every time somebody needs a gift, 
I'm just going to reach into my closet of gold things that I found instead of going mm. on a dangerous, life-threatening quest for a gift. Because apparently when a princess has a birthday, you have to endanger yourself to get them something. Hmm. Not necessarily, which we'll find out later. Uh, well, back you at Princess Daphne's... <laughs> well, you, you have to say you're going to. Oh, that's true. That's more impressive. Otherwise, it doesn't count. Yeah. Uh, Back at Princess (laughs) Daphne's birthday celebration, while Dirk waits in line, a merchant offers him a songbird for a princess, uh, fit for a princess, which he declines because he already has his golden falcon. Um, Sir Hubert presents his gift to her, which is a large portrait of himself, which gives Dirk the Daring the giggles. <laughs> I mean, and, uh... and the thing is, is that I hate that you guys pointed out that that, that guy and me have some physical similarities. Because <laughs> I, have, I have never, ever been like, you know what's a great gift for you? A picture of me, baby. <laughs> like... <laughs> that is... Uh, I mean, honestly, actually... Tom, look out for your birthday next year. <laughs> your gift might be a picture of me. But nice. that would be great. I would do it. I would do it as a joke. Um, I just actually, you know what, Tom? It's gonna be me. Oh no, I'm gonna spoil it right now because I'm probably not gonna remember to do it. It's gonna be me dressed as Jonathan Frakes in that picture that I oh, got God. signed. Like, signed by him, but it's going to be a picture of me basically mirroring that signed by me. Hmm. So you can hang them side by side. See, you say that, Keith, but your birthday comes before mine, and I actually have the outfit, so... God damn. (laughs) So, this is going to be a thing. So you guys are just going to cosplay as uh, Riker at each other? (laughs) Yep. Nice. Uh, the other thing says I love you, like cosplaying like Riker for someone. Cosplaying like Riker mm-hmm. just to get a glamour shot and sign it and then give it to your friend. <laughs> like... <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. Just have to, like, stop by a school photography day and just, like, photobomb it. Just like, can I just get a quick picture <laughs> oh, man. with I, this background? I want laser beam background. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to ask my brother when they're having picture day at the high school because he teaches at high school. I'll be like, I'm going to ask the photographer if I could come in when the students are done just to get a professional picture taken of me. And I'll have, it, I'll have myself dressed as William T. Riker <laughs> sitting in front of the, the high school uh, you know, portrait thing. Oh, man. You can even put like a trombone in the background or something. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> uh... Anyway. Yeah, so another uh, interesting anecdote about uh, Sir Hubert Blunt. Do you know who voices him? No. Mm-mm. You fucking heathens. After, so, after you this, say this, this name, name is no. going to come up. After you say this name, right. I'm still not going to know who that is. We've discussed this. I do not know people. <laughs> Corey Peter Sorry, Cullen. Do you know who? who Peter Cullen is? 
Nope. Sounds kind of familiar. Optimus fucking Prime. No. Yes. Wow. If you if you listen, you could actually kind of hear it in his voice too, which I think is really interesting because he sounds kind of like Optimus Prime. I'm gonna have but to more watch like the episode a coward. Now. Yeah. Uh, the other weird thing is Peter Cullen also voices question mark the horse. <laughs> Huh? Which, it, like, I don't remember the horse really saying anything, but, like, does that mean he's out there making horse whinnies and neighs yep. and shit like that? That's Absolutely. really kind of weird. Because that, that horse had no speaking It's like a flashback lines. to David the Dome. <laughs> <laughs> Best show ever. I mean, mm. maybe a couple snorts, and, yeah, that's... They, hmm. they, they, you know what it is? They left the mic on the whole time. They're like, hey, this guy, when he wasn't reading the lines, he sounded a little horse-like. Let's just use that for this horse, and we'll just give him credit <laughs> and pay him for it. Okay, we're good. <laughs> he, like, blew his nose a couple yeah, times. So, They're like, oh, you're, you're a horse. Yeah, so because Dirk laughed at Sir Hubert's gift, uh, he gets revenge by tripping him, causing him to basically throw the golden falcon as he falls and it's caught by the king which like if that falcon was solid gold like it looks yeah, like that would be a murder that would that and like that falcon would be like a hundred pounds that'd be so fucking heavy and he throws it and the king catches it yeah the king is treason. strong as hell right like which like the king kind of like yells at him after the fact, like yeah, yeah. So the the golden falcon, which now sits beside Princess Daphne, animates at Singe's command and kidnaps the princess to hold hostage for the surrender of the kingdom. Was it the kingdom so, or just the castle? I think the well, kingdom. The whole I kingdom. I mean, it's kind of the same well, thing. I, yeah, in, it's true. In like in in shows like this, and like. I don't think there's a whole bunch of, like, little towns and, like, hamlets, you know? Which, like, that's kind of fucked up, though, because, like, what if the king takes the princess on vacation somewhere? Some squatter could just, like, come and be like, oh, I'm king now, because I got the castle. Well, if you look at, like, their armament, it's basically Dirk and, like, what, four other knights that are willing to fight? That's and then true. Sir Hubert, who slinks away, the second things are actually going to get physical. Well, I mean... And Tim. Let's not forget Tim. Yeah. Yeah, but, like... But he's, he's a squire. He's not a knight. He's a squire. Well, yeah. I mean, he literally... But... He doesn't even have his own horse. He rides on Dirk's horse behind Dirk. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So like, I know you can't ride it's into sexy. you can't ride into battle holding somebody else like in a bear hug trying not to fall off the horse like Keith. How yeah. many times have you ridden into battle? Hmm. That's a good question. Well, next time I ride into battle, you can join me, but you're I... gonna have to wrap your arms around me, and you'll see. You'll okay. see it works. All right, it All works. Right. We'll use we'll use your horse. Yeah, I, I don't have a horse. Of course not, because you don't ride into battle often, like I do. <laughs> hmm. 
Your horse is pretty fucking sweet, too. It's a good horse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... <laughs> oh, my God. So Dirk, being responsible, takes up the task of rescuing the princess, and he says it would be safer for one night to brave oh, the dragons. Yeah, because like a whole bunch of guys are like, yeah, we'll go. And he's like, no, just me. <laughs> Makes like, sense. It's kind of, kind of a little bit of a glory seeker, I guess. Well, the thing is, the other guys, I'm, I'm kind of surprised because honestly, the other guys were kind of grumbly about it, but like nobody outright objected, but they were like, <laughs> but like, I get that he's a glory seeker, but at the same time, like number one, um, that's all your princess. Like all those guys, that's that's their princess. They would all want to go, and just because he was like, no, just me, because I can sneak. One man can sneak into that cave much better Keith. than a whole bunch of knights. Keith, they yeah. can't all fit on the horse. That's true. There's only one fucking yeah, horse. The one. There's only one horse. In the kingdom. You saw yeah. it, Tom. There's only there one go. horse in the whole fucking kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. Because, like, uh, it was a total dick move where he was like, no, King, just me. This is my... <laughs> like, the thing is, he didn't know... Like, he could have done it in, like, a Liam Neeson way. Like, a a badass, like, no, this is my... This is my responsibility. Or, like, a Batman. Or like, I, I was just picturing Liam Neeson from Love Actually. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but that's what I thought of. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. See, I was picturing Liam Neeson like calling up the dragon on a phone, going, "I have skills." <laughs> but it just seemed kind of weird because then the king was like wishy washy about it, and he was just like, "Just, just you, yeah, like whatever. Like it's only, Ooh. it's only, it's only my daughter. It's only the future generation of this kingdom." Yeah, you know what? Let's just send one guy. Go for it. <laughs> We're going to send the guy who fucked this up anyhow. <laughs> like, maybe the king's yeah. point of view is like, okay, we have 24 hours. Let's send him. Wait two hours and then send everybody else we have. <laughs> because that guy <laughs> just wanted to go first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so he ends up heading out. And we actually get to... What I think is one of the more interesting parts of these episodes, or I guess of this show, is before commercial break, they'll present you with a kind of a choose-your-own-adventure situation, kind of like the games did, or the game did, and he's confronted with some more giddy goons, giddy, I'm like I'm like super <laughs> trying to say it because I'm so congested right now oh, that yeah. I'm like not sure if I'm saying it right. Giddy, yeah. like happy. Yeah. Not yeah. the racist thing that Keith said. Yeah, um, Italian goons or or mudmen that are also running at him from I guess a different direction. I'm sure so that's the a way slur it would for work some out, other culture. Oh God, probably, <laughs> probably. <laughs> Just uh, oh, mudmen. We're sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Mudman. You're cool. Yeah. Keep listening, uh, Mudman. Unless you kill Dirk. So, basically, <laughs> it, the Watchers back then would 
have their whole commercial break to be like, oh, I'd go and fight the Mud Men. Oh, I'd go and fight the Giddy Goons. And, you know, when they come back, they show you what would happen if you chose the wrong thing, and then they show you what actually happens because he, you know, would die otherwise. So, if you chose the Mud Men, you would have got swallowed up and presumably killed. There was a lot more death in the, uh, in the game. Well, it was like assumed death. It was like, well, this would have, this is what would have happened. And it's like he gets buried in mud and you see his hand like reach out and then sink back into the mud. And you're like, like, oh yeah, all... but in the game, like he's just dead. It was a little more, like, yeah, like, it was a little dead. more graphic in oh, the I game know, too. I know, it's, yeah. it's, it's like an assumptive thing though with the TV show. It's like, okay, he died, but like a little kid is not going to necessarily, like if you're, four years old or six years old and you're watching that you're not just gonna be like oh he's dead you're just gonna be like oh like he's in mud and he's that. having a bad time <laughs> yeah right like so after making the giddy goons go poof as as keith said before uh it's that the next scene is now nighttime and i believe the rain and they come across the tavern which i felt like this whole scene was like unnecessary filler yeah because I was like trying mm-hmm. to think, like, what did this do? Uh, he basically consults some blue Jawas. Checks out. That's the best <laughs> thing I could think to call them because they're basically just like, you know, like in blue robes with no faces or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they basically gibberish at him to direct him to continue following the path to get to Singe's castle. Which you would think you would already know how to get to, but that's whatever. Mm. Um, and then one of the be- better scenes, uh, we cut to the castle, and Daphne is shit-talking this dragon. <laughs> yes, she is. Just like, why don't you give me a fair fight and fight me one-on-one? And he ends up... Uh, putting her in a glass jar basically well the thing is she says that and then he immediately like picks her up with his tail and she's like oh put me down and like it's just like girl like you just asked for a fair fight and he could literally just like restrain you with his tail like you're you're not fighting this dragon like appreciate the effort but like understand the situation please (laughs) like just not doing anything yeah, so uh, we cut back to Dirk, who is at the beginning of the lair, and holy shit, he doesn't have to go through a whole lot to get to Daphne, because I, I, I in my mind, because I had watched the playthrough of the game, like, immediately after watching the episode, I was thinking, like, wow, he went through so much to get to her, but that's only in the game. Mm-hmm. In the show... He literally just rides the phantom horse, which if you haven't seen the gameplay, you'd think like, wow, this is really weird and out of place. But it's just like, oh, well, it's from the game, so they put it here. And it's basically well, this horse that he just randomly decides to get on. That I, brings I think, him to like the next area. It, like, I, well, the thing is, does it zoom around in the game? Does it zoom around and have yeah. you like, like you have to time? You have like, to dodge things and yeah. yeah. So like that makes more sense because like ultimately in the show he gets on it and you're just like, he had a fucking horse. 
right yeah, behind him. Actual horse. The only horse. Yeah, the only yes. horse in the kingdom. And, yeah. and he he's got like excited because he found the second horse. Well, that's the thing. Is right. He, well, yeah, the phantom horse. He's just like a second horse. I gotta sit on this. Like, <laughs> Because that's apparently the first thought that comes to mind when you find a phantom horse when you've only ever seen one other horse. Uh, mm. I'm surprised uh, Squire Tim didn't rush to that horse instead just to think like, oh, I don't have to ride bitch anymore. That's true. Well, no, no, no. Because <laughs> yeah. Dirk gets first dibs because he's, he's a knight. Mm. He's not a squire. So Dirk got first dibs. He was like, oh, fucking phantom horse that's like, that's like getting upgraded to like a supercar. So he's like, yeah. I got I got Phantom Horse, you got old horse, and then as soon as he got on the well, Phantom no, no, no. Horse, he was like So this that's shit's disrespectful. Whack. That's disrespectful. If my horse is voiced by Peter Cullen, I'm not upgrading. There is no upgrading. Yeah, but how fast is that horse? Doesn't matter. <laughs> it's voiced by goddamn Optimus Prime. <laughs> yeah, but does the horse transform? You don't know. This is only episode one. It's true. Well, I was going to say, if the horse transforms, then you definitely stand that horse, because that's awesome. Well, not while it's transforming. That, that, yeah, that might break some bones. That's a little dangerous. Yeah. It's not recommended. That's... Well, yes, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Get Good off point. the horse, let it transform, and then, well, I was going to say get back on Then drive it. it. you, you got to see what's what it is after it transforms, because, I mean, what if it... Yeah, what does a horse transform into? A man. Honestly, the first thought was a bigger horse. (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. My my imagination exceeds all expectations. Oh, I have a great idea for a toy now. I want to sell it to like a a toy manufacturer. (laughs) A horse that transforms into a bigger horse. So with you guys not knowing Transformers at all, as an outsider looking in, is it weird that the main villain in Transformers is a giant robot who transforms into a small gun? Yeah, and if he transformed more powerful as a small gun. If he transformed into a else. bigger robot, it would make sense. I feel like they were trying to make like a a um like a literary like statement there being like oh the most powerful weapon is not like the weapon is powerful but it matters like it's extra devastating if somebody bad is wielding it and i feel like that's like the the premise behind that concept of like being like, Oh, the bad Hmm. guy is way more dangerous as this small gun, but ultimately somebody else has to wield it being it's, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's like a, I don't don't know. I just think it's weird. I'm not an English major. I'm not an English major, but I feel like there's a word for this that I just do not have in my vocabulary, but it's trying to like reference the point of like, the most dangerous thing is the most dangerous thing when it's wielded by the most dangerous people. Profound. Yeah. Well, it's like, 
It's like nuclear bombs. They're not dangerous if they're not launched. Like they're they're totally they're a thing. They have the capability to do mass destruction, but if you never use them, then they're how dangerous are they? Versus if you so have a dangerous. madman that's just like, <laughs> I will use these at the drop of a hat, yeah, now they're really fucking dangerous. It's like the the escalating factor of like whether or not you're using the dangerous weapon. Hmm. It's always interesting when Keith starts digging deeper. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I know that I have the power to save him, and I just choose not to. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I eventually in real time and in editing. So. I I eventually um, hit the bottom of my own consciousness, and then I go and then I look up and go, "Oh shit, you guys are way up there, huh?" Okay, I'm yep. the I'm the only one down here. I guess mm-hmm. I'll stop talking now. <laughs> Yeah, Keith, you're always so busy digging holes for yourself. You never, you never have time to ride horses with me. I never have time to bury all the bodies that I dig the holes for. I know. <laughs> always digging holes and never burying the bodies. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so Dirk is back, and he's about to have a pretty close encounter with a hentai tentacle monster. Uh, and he gets another choose-your-own-adventure moment when they went to commercial break. Mm-hmm. Go over a rickety bridge, uh, swing on a burning rope, or some third option, this... which was not mentioned. No, this one was is... fucked up, because it was like, is he gonna do this? He'd die. Is he gonna do that? He'd die. Well, what is he gonna do then? And you're just, like, it's like they don't even give you the third option. It's yeah, like, mm. yeah, it's like let me just give you the options of death, <laughs> and then like pause for a second, and then be like, J.K. He survives. Yeah, so he pole vaults over the chasm, uh, goes into oh surprise the dragon's horde room. That was a really quick, uh, you know, run through Dragon's Lair on the arcade. Just Ooh. like two screens, basically. Um, a fight ensues as uh, Daphne exclaims that the key is on the dragon's neck. Uh, he does some Scrooge McDuck swimming through the uh, the gold. <laughs> and if at some sw- point, I guess... Swipes the key. I guess uh, Singe decided to stick his head in the gold also. I was going to say, it's all about technique when you swim through gold coins. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's so not, it's mostly it's, form. It's, yeah. It's, if you get the form down, exactly. like, the rest is just going to fall into place. Yeah. If you try to brute force <laughs> it, it doesn't work. It's it's really, it's technique and form. And that's that's how you get mm-hmm. through swimming through the gold coin. It takes It takes a... A billionaire's practice, which mm-hmm. really kind of puts a hole in Dirk Dirk's story. Um, how does he know how to do that? Well, you have to well, figure he left behind all that gold. Exactly. At the last quest. Oh. He doesn't even need to pick it up anymore. He's balling wait, uncontrollably. Wait, so hold on. Then why did he need to go on this quest to get her a gift if he's already a billionaire? He could have well, just because... gotten he could have gotten the gold falcon from his own 
horde. So, if if we're looking at the mannerisms of Princess Daphne and Dirk the Daring, it's kind of like an odd situation where she is obviously totally into him. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't need to get her some amazing, ridiculous gift. He, right. on the other hand, other than, like, in situations like Doug, like, he's after her, but he doesn't realize that she's into him. Whoa, hold on. Thing, hold on. But is he? Let me turn this on his head. What's the other guy's name? Hubert? Tim. No, Tim's the smart. No, Hubert. Don't forget about Tim. H- Hubert Blunt. Yes. So the, he is the competition, but at the same time, mm-hmm. I'm going to turn this on its head. Dirk is trying to impress Hubert. He's not trying to impress the princess. He's Because Hubert has the best gift at the beginning of the episode. He already called it out. He said he has the best gift, whatever. Yeah, picture. And then Dirk, Dirk afterwards is like, "No, I'm yeah, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on a quest. I'm gonna get the best gift." And like, clearly, does not care about the princess at all. He's trying to impress Hubert. I would normally say checks out here, but I don't think it checks out. <laughs> yeah, I don't either because. Uh... My theory is he actually um, is looking to be in uh, was a polyamorous relationship with Tim and Daphne, which yeah. is he. I think he pretty much achieves his his goal or what he wanted by the end. Well, we haven't got there yet, so okay. That's why Sorry. I'll go into yeah, my theory almost, once. Corey, we, you continue, yeah. and we'll all weigh in at the end of this on what the love rhombusoid looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he ends up getting the key, releases Daphne from her glass cage, glass sphere, whatever you want to call it, Mm -hmm. and Singe shoots his fire blast, his flamethrower attack, and it reflects off the cage and back at his feet and melts the gold and gets him into a sticky mess where he's stuck. I guess for like name, five seconds. The name Singe for a dragon is very underwhelming. Like they did that on purpose. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's a pretty classic name. Singe. Singe is like oh, like I almost got burned. Yeah. What if What if he was named Inferno? Oh. Yeah, that's much more you know impressive and and you know. Um... Well, then he'd be. Then he'd be a very uh, cool. Predacon Transformer that was a fire ant with a flamethrower. Everything always goes back to Transformers. Like, we should do an episode. You're goddamn right things, it does. How many things tie back to Transformers? We should look <laughs> do up Do you know how many weeks? Once, once, I swear to you guys, once we're in the flow of things, every single time it's my turn. Uh-huh. Well, Every single time, no, it's maybe be maybe we should change this whole thing. We're gonna watch where... them in Japanese. No, we're gonna watch them in English. <laughs> we're gonna watch Beast Wars. We're gonna watch Beast Machines. Uh, Probably not Beast, Beast Machines. Um, and there's plenty. Of cool yeah, so they there. escape uh, over the well over Sinju's stuck body once he busts through the wall. And over the chasm that 
Dirk had the pole vault over. And once they're out of the castle, he's still in pursuit, but Daphne has an idea. For some reason, they have a, I don't know, one piece of Stonehenge. Yeah, that was weird. Near, Dude, she, near called the it, path. she called it, like, stone art or some bullshit. She was like, a oh. A stone arch. This, a stone arch? Or it was it stone yeah. art? <laughs> I thought it was stone art. Stone Italian. No. It was it was one of those things that was just like I was like, wait, is, is this a piece of art? Like what what is going on here? Sorry. I apparently just had my ears turned off for a couple portions of the or maybe the entire episode where I just misheard so many things. Oh my god. But like I thought I she was like, oh, don't worry, let's go on the other side of this stone art. This And I was like Stonehenge, this historic mm-hmm. monument that nobody understands how it got there. You're just going to be like, "Yeah, that's art right there." There you go. Didn't have a purpose. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so Singe ends yeah. up getting stuck in it because of course he does. And they're free to return back to the kingdom. And continue celebrating her birthday. Uh, Dirk decides to buy the songbird from that merchant that had offered it to him before. Princess Daphne is perfectly happy and gives him a kiss. And that is the end of the episode. Yay. Um. (laughs) So, how many... Princess Daphne's from the video game, would you oh. give this out of 10? Because she was a lot hotter. Mm. Hmm. I'll go first, I guess. I, I would give her six Princess Dif- Princess Daphne's from the video game. I... Uh, because... I was not sure what to expect quality-wise from this, and I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, It's only 13 episodes. Will I watch any more of it? I'm not sure. I feel like this first episode was a great uh, adaptation of the game. And aside from them changing Princess Daphne's character model to be something a little bit more appropriate for children's cartoon... They absolutely knocked it out of the park with the look of Dirk and all the other characters. I do prefer the Don Bluth animation of the game, but yeah, I'd say a six Princess Daphne's from the video game out of ten for me. So I feel like, um, because I have zero nostalgia to this show or game, um... I'm going to give it a five. So a little bit lower than yours, but I'm giving it still a five. And honestly, I want to kind of give it lower just because it's story wise. It's just kind of lackluster. But what I really appreciate about it is the, the couple periods in the episode there where they go, Oh, what is he gonna do? Is he gonna do this? Is he gonna mm. do that? Like, what should and they like they play out multiple scenarios of what he could have done, and that's like the first, um, 
this this show is probably one of the first iterations of that in a show of the choose your own adventure storyline which obviously like there were books and comics that did that but this is probably one of the earliest shows that that executed on that and granted they didn't do like a you were actually choosing it because the show was just showing you other possible possible avenues that were resulting in death but i thought that that was at the time probably a pretty revolutionary idea so i'm gonna give it a five purely because of that i'm just not unfortunately i'm not really psyched about the show and i don't have any nostalgia about it and i thought that i don't know <laughs> well, <clears throat> I uh, am glad you two guys went first because honestly, before Corey even said what he gave, uh, what he gave it, uh, I was thinking I don't know. Either I'm giving it a five or a six, and then listening to the two of you talk, uh, for all the same reasons, like Corey said, for all the same reasons, I- I'm gonna go. I'm gonna give it a six. Um, I was going to give it a five because it, it felt toned down compared to the video game, you know, because they were gearing it more towards kids where the video game was meant for, I suppose, older kids, you know, like um, teenagers. teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I was a little disappointed. Like the the death scenes from the video game were a lot more uh, graphic. And, and uh, I remember like if, when you got killed, I remember once dying and he turned into a skeleton because i like touched something that like tore all the flesh off me so uh yeah i i so i was a little disappointed that it wasn't completely like the video game but the animation solid and you know the 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 story is a little lackluster and there were a little a couple you know plot holes like like for instance this dragon his whole plan, he spies on Dirk to come up with a plan to kidnap the princess to then ransom for the kingdom. It's like, you're a powerful dragon. Just go breathe fire on the king. Like, I, I don't know. It, it, it just seemed a little little uh, convoluted, the, the, the plan. But anyhow, I, I'm going to go with six video game death princess Daphne's. Um, <laughs> six, yes. Alright, that's a pretty decent score for a cartoon I've not heard of, you know, before this week. From 1984 that was based on a video game? Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, they just banged out a quick uh, 13 episode series, and that's all it got, because I, you know, maybe that's all it was worth, who knows. Well, yeah. I mean, they probably exhausted the video game material and were just like, okay, well, that's a wrap. (laughs) Just like this is a wrap. We'd like to thank (laughs) you for taking the time out of your day to listen to three guys ramble about cartoons. If you'd like to ramble about our ramblings or what we rambled about, you can join the Cartoon Commentary Podcast group on Facebook. If you have any questions, comments, or corrections for us, you can reach us at cartoon commentary podcast at gmail.com and until all are one i've been Corey. i've been tom and i'm supposedly keith
Bye-bye. Bye. Dick. <laughs>